The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to a Hapsinth-Minded Extra, and you knew that we would have to have a podcast as soon as you probably saw the news come out early, I guess it's kind of late on Sunday afternoon, when the Montreal Canadiens have fired Mark Bergevin, they have fired Trevor Timmons, they have fired Paul Wilson, the Director of Communications, and have hired Jeff Gorton as the Executive Vice President of Hockey Operations. My name is Jared Book. Joining me today, we have Matt Drake, we have Anton Rasgard, we have Dylan Waugh, and I'll just throw it out there, uh, immediate reactions to the news. We'll start with Matt because uh, it's something that he's been talking about for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you can hear me smiling uh, through my voice. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm smiling loudly enough, but I'm, I'm ecstatic, honestly. This tells me that Jeff Molson you know, sees the problems with the Montreal Canadiens and that he views it as a problem and that he's not content just continuing on with the status quo and hoping that things turn around. So um, I'm honestly ecstatic. I'm a little bit surprised at Paul Wilson. Um, I'm, I'm less surprised at Temer, Trevor Timmons. I'm not surprised at all at uh, Benjamin being let go uh, because that was that was long overdue. I've been yelling about it in pretty much every episode of the bottom six minutes this season. Um, but look, the, the PR hasn't been great for this team recently, dating back to the, especially in the draft and everything. So it's, I guess, not that surprising that they went in that route with Paul Wilson as well. But the, the big thing for me is this means that they're, they're looking to make a change. They're looking to actually rebuild this team and we might get back to being respectable sooner than later. So it's great. Anton, you want to go? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm just still in shock here. I'm, I'm trying to find, find the right words. No, it's just like, uh, w- Bergevin has been there forever. He's been there for nine years. He was going to celebrate his 10th anniversary in 2022. And, and it just felt like he was kind of unfireable uh, when he survived the season when, when Montreal uh, were fourth worst in the league um, and got the opportunity to reset the team from Jeff Molson. It pretty much felt like Jeff Molson was uh, believing in Mark Bergevin no, no matter what he did. And when he stayed on... Well, obviously, like Montreal went to a Stanley Cup final this summer, and that that was, you know, the la creme de la creme of of Bergevin's tenure as a GM. But then he drafted Logan Mayu and all the negative publicity that came with that. And then, you know, the start of the season, which has been the worst in, in franchise history. So when we heard the news of Scott Mellenby resigning last night, and at the same time, these, um, you know, these rumors about uh, Jeff Gordon coming in in a position that wasn't the GM, then I wasn't really expecting Mark Bergevin and Trevor Timmons to be let go immediately after. I was more thinking that maybe Jeff Gordon would come in, oversee things, and then Bergevin would leave after the season. 
But yeah, now they're just cleaning house and Jeff Gordon comes into, you know, a, a, an empty plate. He can just do whatever he wants with it, uh, basically. It, it's going to be fascinating to see in which direction he moves. Uh, but, but right now, it's just like, it feels relieving. It really does. Yeah, I think once, once the Mellonby news came out uh, on Saturday night, you knew it was just a matter of time, right? I, I don't know if anybody expected it this soon, like you said. But yeah, I, I think it was just a matter of time. Uh, Dylan, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Anton, you, you said something that uh, made me think of just kind of how timely this firing is, which is uh, Bergevin gets fired right before his 10-year anniversary. The guy who uh, did not retain Markov right before his 1,000 games seems like there's some sort of poetic justice in not being able to reach a landmark there. But uh, yeah, it's I'm I'm not surprised. I'm but I in terms of uh, Bergevin's firing, but I am surprised in the dramatic fashion like this is the drama of this would make Shakespeare blush. Yeah, I, I think that the, the thing for me that that really throws everything over the over the top is, I mean, earlier this week, I remember because I remember seeing it in my my timeline was the five-year anniversary of his extension until 2022. Obviously, that extension, that, that date, that timeline became very pertinent because he didn't have a contract going into this season. And it just seemed like Mark Bergevin thought that he could, he could dictate the direction of the Montreal Canadiens even in, in his departure, whether that was staying on until the very end, whether that was... Uh, giving Jeff Molson the the push in Scott Mellenby's direction and, and I think that Jeff Molson is was looking at the big picture and he he trusted Mark Bergman for a very long time longer than most owners trust their their general managers and I think he just saw the trend since the Stanley Cup final the trend that we can all see and he was wondering is this the direction that I want the Montreal Canadiens to go in is this a franchise that I can be proud of? And I think since the Stanley Cup final and everything that happened since then, some of it Mark Bergevin is doing, some of it not, the answer was no. And I think that putting Timmins and Paul Wilson into this group at this time has Logan Mayu's name written all over it. I don't think there's any other way you can put it. You, you can, the draft pick was one thing. The reaction was another. And basically in one fell swoop, they get rid of everybody who was involved in that. Yeah, that was clearly a, a part of it for sure. I mean, the, the timing that it took this long, that it took this bad of a start for them to get into it makes me think that it was more than just that for sure. But the fact that they threw in, because if it was just the start, if it was just the result of the team, then it would have only been Bergevin. It wouldn't have been Timmins and Paul Wilson as well. Right? So the well, fact that they... I just wanted to ask, don't you think Timmons would, would go when Bergevin went anyway, but just because they're so close to connected? I don't think so. Timmons was around before Bergevin, so I don't see him leaving just because Bergevin goes. Okay. Timmons Timmons goes back with the Ganey, I think. Was it or even Savard? Was it Savard goes back? I'm pretty sure Timmons goes all the way back to Savard. I'd have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure he goes all the way back to Savard. He's been like 20 years with the team, so I don't think he would have gone anywhere. Uh, and unless they sent him on his way. Right. Yeah. So th that kind of tells you all you need to know in terms of the, the Mayu selection being a big part of this. 
But for me, I do want to I do want to just say one thing. I don't want to say it's all because of that, but because I mean, Jeff Gordon has has a background in amateur scouting, mm-hmm. right? so he can have his own thinking and his own process. And and I think what what's happening here is that it's not the general manager who's in charge of everything anymore, in terms of Timmons' job and and things like that. And and look, I don't think Trevor Timmons deserves all the blame for the position the Canadians are in, but you look back at his twenty years and. There's not a whole lot to hang his hat on, and and some of it is some of it is doing, some of it is not. Uh, development was a big aspect in this as well, but yeah, I, I think there's some kind of uh, there's definitely some kind of of synergy in in all of them going at the same time. Yeah, and the the overlapping period where Timmons and Bergevin were both in control, they've had what they've had two top five draft picks, and neither of those guys are with the team anymore. So one of my things that I talked about before is even if they finish at the bottom of the pile this season and they get a top five draft pick, whether it's the number one, two, three, four, whatever, if it's a top five draft pick, what legitimate reassurance do we have that they're going to make the right decision? I'm not going to try to dump on them for either of the decisions they made. I mean, obviously with Kakanyemi, they drafted for need. And when they drafted Galchenyuk, I do think they took the best player available. That wasn't a super strong draft, but let's face it what confidence did you have with the brain trust that they had in place that they were going to do anything with a top five pick? And then, as you mentioned, be able to develop that thereafter, it would require them putting the right people in the right positions underneath them, which in the last 10 years, they they have not been doing. So, I mean, look, it's, it's a good time as any as like I, my big thing was all season was why are we waiting until the end of the year a lot of people were saying i'll just wait till the end of the year you can get rid of it at the end of the year it's not going to change anything for this season my thing was always why wait if somebody else is going to come in somebody else is going to take control of this team and build their own vision why not let them do that now before the deadline let them control the sell-off let them decide what moves are we going to make what kind of picks are we trying to stack up let them evaluate this draft class and decide who they really want to target right let them put that plan into place over a longer period of time instead of just waiting until the end of the season and saying oh Bergevin, you're gone. Tim is, you're gone. And now you guys have like two months to figure out what you want to do, right? It's interesting what you say there, because obviously a guy like Jeff Gordon and whoever he hires at the, as the new GM, they come in with completely fresh eyes because both us as Montreal Canadiens supporters and beat writers and all that, and the, obviously Mark Bergevin and Trevor Timmons and the whole team there, they have their guys. They've been around the team for so long now that they they want to see their guys succeed. But that also means that it's difficult to really see things objectively when you've been in the in the franchise for for that long. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be interesting to see because, like, when a guy like Jeff Gordon, who who was the New York Rangers general manager up until a year ago, um, he's obviously faced the Canadians. He he knows what kind of team they were trying to build here. It's just going to be interesting to see what he values going forward. So a lot of moves that the Montreal Canadiens make, I I judge how good they are based on uh, one particular friend of mine who's a Leafs fan, how upset he is at me by the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> making that move, and and he was really he was really pissed off when he texted me just now. So uh, I think that that means that Gordon's got to be a, a great hire. I do think he did he did good things in the New York Rangers. I think that there is no. To go back to the Mayu point, I think that that's like kind of the breaking of trust. I think that Bergevin probably assured, and this is of course me just, uh, this is based on nothing. This is just based on my my observation of the situation. But I think that Bergevin probably assured Molson that it was not a big deal and it would blow over. And next thing you know, you've got Saint-Hubert who's, uh, you know, threatening to pull sponsorship and it was just a complete disaster. 
And so Bergevin might have been able to reclaim some of that, you know, that that integrity back had the team started off well, but then they didn't. And it was just a downhill spiral from there. And so now I think it's it's interesting that we go from the general manager who uh, drafted uh, Logan Mayhew to the general manager who got rid of Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, that's a good point. Also, also a general manager in Jeff Gordon, wasn't he involved in writing that letter to Rangers fans saying, he Hey, hold on to your hats. We're going to rebuild. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think Honesty and Mon- integrity. Yeah. I, I don't think that this Montreal Canadiens team needs a rebuild, uh, a full rebuild. Let me be clear about that. But, but I, I, I do think that. You want to reset, Jared? I, I, I don't want to use that word ever again. I want to retool. <laughs> uh, but but uh, no, I, I, I do think that they need to have parts of a rebuild in terms of focusing on the long-term vision. But I also think that there's pieces in place that make that long-term vision not so long away, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I, obviously, look, there's, <laughs> Jeff Gordon is not building this team around Shea Weber and Carey Price. <laughs> Let's put it Oops. that way, right? He, he, he is not. He is not doing that. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I do think that there's things in place. And look, you, you can you can look at why the reasons why Jeff Gordon was fired from the New York Rangers along with John Davidson. It could have been because of that statement. The public perception, the public statement from James Dolan and, and the, the Rangers was that that the rebuild was not going fast enough. I looked at the standings this morning. The Rangers are third in the Eastern Conference. Yep. Uh, so obviously, look. But it's all Chris Jury. It's all Chris Jury. <laughs> look, 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 just like the just like the Bruins Cup was all Peter Chirelli, Chir- right? I was about to say Peter Chirelli, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, look, look. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that Jeff Gordon is the greatest hockey mind in on in history, and and if he did build the the Bruins and the Rangers, there, there might be some credence to that, but. Make no mistake, he was the person involved in both of those processes. Yeah. And and look, obviously the Montreal Canadiens need to win a draft lottery, right? You're, you're not drafting Capococco or Alexi Lafreniere if you don't win the draft lottery. So maybe there's an aspect in that involved. Maybe they'll hire tra- Taylor Hall as GM. Uh, but <laughs> at the same point, uh, I, I do think that, look, it, it's, it's, a, it's a chance to reset. Montreal Canadiens fans can look at their team and for now until we know who the general manager is feel a little bit better about the direction this team is going in. And, and like Matt, Matt said, why wait? And, and, and I think that, look, if the team was doing well, or at least, you know, in the playoff race, 500 something, you can make the argument that, yeah, you know, make a decision at the end of the year, you know, maybe in that case, Scott Mellenby does get hired uh, as, as you know, vice president or whatever role that he was, he was going for. But at the same time, you know, it's it's definitely a step in the right direction. Obviously, they have to make the right decision at GM. And uh, let's, you know, in my personal opinion, I have more faith in Jeff Gordon making that call than Jeff Molson. Yeah, I think that's key. And we talked about that before, right, is that now the decisions are not all, you know, Jeff Molson going directly to his general manager. And he was buddies with Bergevin, so it was always like, you know, it always felt like that dynamic between them being friends uh, held him back from making a decision like, number one, hiring a president of hockey operations, and number two, firing him when things didn't go well. Um, I mean, obviously, he made a lot of good calls in his career with the Montreal Canadiens. Let's face it, he made some pretty amazing trades, but and they, they all looked great in a vacuum. But you got to look at his overall tenure, and you got to say, all right, 
well, you made the Eastern Conference Finals one time uh, in 2014. That wasn't really your team. That was basically a team that you inherited. And they were dragged there, uh, you know, in large part by Carey Price. And then they melted when Carey Price wasn't available. And then you look at last year, right? Carey Price, again, huge part of getting them to where they got. Yes, some of the guys that Bergevin acquired himself were, you know, contributors and them getting as far as they did. And they deserved every bit of that run. It was so much fun. I loved that run. But when you looked at that team, you could still see all of the same problems that existed throughout his entire 10 years. Over-reliance on Carey Price and an inability to put pucks in the net when you need to. So if, if you consider that, you have to think that, well, this guy's obviously not long for the job. And, you know, I think they made the right call here. Now we get to see some fresh eyes, uh, like you said, Anton, and hopefully they can take a look at it and build a plan. And maybe, you know, we, I think we all want to avoid the word reset, but, uh, but I, I really do think that there's a possibility there. There's some pieces in place where you could build a team that's going to be competitive while Carey Price still has something left in the tank. You, you can say that you can say that Carey Price was responsible for the extension and he was responsible for the way the fact that he didn't see the end of the extension. Yep. Yeah, a good goalie keeps the coach in too long. A great goalie keeps the GM in too long. <laughs> he, he did both. Uh, he did yeah, both. He, uh, Carey, Carey Price. Uh, look, uh, let's let's put it another way. You know, Jeff Gordon had Henrik Lundqvist as well. Right. And, um, you know, that there's 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 a lot of similarities between the the rain the new york market and the montreal market some differences obviously il y a des différences eh? you see what i did there um but obviously that was a that was a joke for about 50 percent of the podcast and 50 percent of the listeners <laughs> um but uh <laughs> we, we oh we, just i'm gonna just quickly we do have a statement from mark bergevin uh that was put out by the montreal canadians I am just going to wait to see if there is an English version coming so that I don't have to translate live. Um, but uh, I will while, start. While you're, while yeah, you're go ahead. Go ahead. Up, I, can, I can just say that it's impressive. Like since Matt started doing bottom six minutes and, and you know, he's been uh, very influential in how the Canadians have, you know, run things <laughs> like he, he wrote he wrote an analysis article about how the Canadians would be able to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round of the playoffs and they of course did that um, and and largely due to what he said as well and, and now he's probably responsible for for the sacking of a GM that was one of the longest tenured GMs in in the NHL so uh yeah it's just uh, impressive what what pull you have Matt and uh, well I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to take full credit. Um, so I, I, I demand full credit. Also, I had to throw, throw my name in the hat there. Je parle français très bien. On dirait que je suis québécois, mais I don't know. If you if you want, uh, you could hire me as GM. I, I'll do hey, it. I'll, speak I'll, probably French. Come, I'll probably come a lot cheaper than most of the guys they're looking at right now. So, um, you know, hey, Jeff, if you're listening, what's up? Considering yeah. that the GM yeah. at this point yeah. looks like it'll be a bigger head than uh... <laughs> I was, I was going to say, like a couple of uh, a couple of games ago, you were asking if Jeff Molson was actually watching, and apparently he was, and apparently he was reading what you or listening. <laughs> he was also listening. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, so here's a statement from Mark Bergevin, and and I think that we'll end it here. We'll obviously have a lot more things uh, on Haps at Minded on Eyes on the Prize, HabsEyesOnThePrize.com uh, in the next coming days and weeks and months. Uh, like we always do, but especially when things like this happen. So this is Mark Bergman's statement. Hello to all. Saying farewell to an organization like the Montreal Canadiens is not an easy thing to do. 
I want to leave the organization the same way I came in with a lot of pride. There's one word that comes to mind right now. It is thanks. Thanks to everyone who in one way or another has helped me make this dream come true. Thanks to Jeff Molson for his dedication, support, and trust throughout this journey. Thanks to the players, the coaches, the management team, the scouts, and all the hockey and administrative staff I worked with. Without you, I would have never been able to realize my dream. Thanks to the media for their professionalism and coverage. I would never have thought in my life that I would be getting more visibility than the premier. <laughs> Mark, 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 Mark Bershevis, still with some jokes uh, in his statement. Um, especially thanks to the fans for their support, passion, and loyalty to Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he goes on to say where, you know, how he was so proud to take the job and where Montreal is his home and uh, unforgettable memories and that he wishes the organization and his successor all the best for the future. So I, I think that's that's the, you know, obviously Mark Bergeron loved the Montreal Canadiens. I don't think you can say anything about him. Um, you can talk about his moves, you can talk about his decisions, but it never came from a place of not caring about the Montreal Canadiens. And, and, and I do think that that is something that, a lot of GMs don't have, you know, they want their, they want their teams to do well, obviously. But, but I, I think that there's a passion with Mark Bergevin that has come and gone in, in recent years. But I think you saw the emotion when he talked about Kerry Price, when he talked about Brendan Gallagher, uh, as at, when he signed his contract extension, there was a lot of emotion. And, and I do think that, you know, he, he, you can say a lot about him, but he didn't, he cared about the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and, and that's something that, that is, uh, a positive aspect for, and something for, that we hard for to better or worse sometimes for, for better. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can definitely say there's a, there's too much thing as, as too much passion yeah. as well. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, we'll go around quickly. If anybody has any final thoughts. Merci Marc. Et bon voyage. Was that an Anton? I'm yeah. impressed. <laughs> I'm <laughs> impressed. I've studied French for seven years. Come on. Oh, guys. there you go. Okay. So, yeah, so, you, okay. so you, you just, you just pretended like you didn't know French. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Anybody, anybody else all right Th thanks for listening uh like i said we'll have a lot more going forward we'll have a longer haps and minded um as well and and uh you know dylan has has his podcast as well i'm sure he'll have lots of numbers for you uh going forward reaction matt in the bottom six minutes and, and as always like i said habs on as on prize.com if you're listening to this podcast in on spotify or apple and, and you don't know about the website, go to the website. There's lots more there for you uh, as well. We appreciate all your support. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on Haps Minded.